Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 16, verse 2. Let's go. I'm going to start at verse 1 and then get into verse 2. Uh, verse 1 says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So we talked about that last week. Verse 2. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. So here we go. So verse 2. So the first went, the first what? The first angel. We saw that above. Went and poured out his bowl upon the earth. This is the bowl that God had given him. God is using this angel. And it just says he wants to use you. And just as he actually uses um, people who are we would consider evil as his rights, uh, instruments of judgment, he allows and puts in power, and he's sovereign. When we look at Hitler, Mussolini, uh, you could name your American politician that you don't like, um, any of them. God allows that. He's sovereign, and his plans are bigger than ours. His ways are bigger than ours, better than ours, and we should trust in him. It's one of the things he wants us to do is just get us to a point that we trust him. And so he's pouring out his judgment. This is going to be his full wrath. It's going to come to completion. Remember we talked about in, a little, in about uh, 15 verses from now or so where he's going to say, it is done. Just like on the cross he says, it is finished. If you don't trust that God has a plan, if you don't trust that God, that Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross, then you need to go back and read your Bible and talk to God about it. He defeated the enemy, but he's still giving the devil possession of the earth. He has not yet come back to take possession of the earth, which he will do in his second advent, and then it'll be game on. <laughs> and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the bark mark of the beast. So this reminds us of the sixth plague under Moses in Exodus 9. 10? Hold on. My things... Okay, there we go. Then 9. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. Then it took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven. Give me just a second. I am going to pull up something my notes didn't pull through. On... Something around chapter 16, verse 2. Here we go. All right. And then if we look at Revelation 16, 10 to 11, which we haven't got to, it suggests that these swords do not disappear. For by the time the fifth vial, which we'll talk about in, a, in just a little bit, people are still in pain from the first judgment, yet their pain will not cause them to repent. We know that from Revelation 9.20. It says, But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hand. The pain from these sores will make people very grumpy, and this will further damage their relationships with each other. Because people who reject God, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, the majority of the people that I've seen who don't have Christ in their life tend to be grumpier, tend to be uh, more impatient, tend to be more bitter. And the reason that God has shown me is because what God offers is forgiveness of us for all the things we've done against him. 
and he teaches us to forgive others. And sometimes it happens immediately and fully, and sometimes it's partial and it takes time. But he calls us to forgive immediately and fully those who ask our forgiveness. And sadly, when you don't know Christ, that's a hard concept to grasp. And so I've recognized that a lot of people hold on to anger, hold on to unforgiveness, thinking it's going to hurt that other person. All it does is it hurts themselves and it causes bitterness. So here we have these people who are growing more impatient and more grumpy um, with the sores that just won't go away. And it says, The loathsome sore came upon men who had the mark of the beast. So here's a question for you. Did it come upon the 114,000 who were sealed by God? No. Did it come upon the tribulation saints? No. It only came upon those who willingly rejected God and instead worshipped the beast. And they took the mark of the beast on their forehead or their right arm. And so you don't have to worry about these sores if you know Jesus. The people in the tribulation, the 144,000, uh, I said 114,000, my apologies, 144,000 uh, who are sealed by God, And the others who weren't sealed by God, but who came to know Jesus during the tribulation, they won't be affected by these. Only those who took the mark of the beast. So specific to those people. So yes, they could trade and buy and sell and probably have jobs and what we would consider employment and semi-normal life during this, the tribulation. But they took in the mark of the beast and it's going to come back to get them. The second bowl, verse 3, it says, Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man. And every living creature in the sea died. So then the second angel, this is the second angel, he poured out his bowl, they each have their own bowl, on the sea. This time it's on the sea. The first one, it says, poured out his bowl upon the earth, and sores resulted. This one pours out upon the sea, and it became blood. Let's look at Exodus 9, that one. This essentially reverses what God did in Genesis 121. 121, Genesis 121 says, So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded, according to their kind. This essentially reverses that, because everything in in the sea, every living creature and the sea died, right? This is not partial. This is global in its scope. In all seas, it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature died. The second and third vials, so we're on the second right now. We're about to talk about the third in just a minute. They parallel the first plague in Egypt, we see that next to 7.14. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water, and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. And the rod which was turned to serpent you shall take in your hand, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness, but indeed until you, uh, until now you would not hear. And we'll skip forward. And it says, the waters which are in the river, with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall turn 
to blood, and the fish that are in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river. So we know that people aren't going to be able to drink this because it's blood. Not like they're drinking seawater, but in some places seawater is, um, I don't know the right term, but turned into potable water, drinking water. Um, this won't happen because it's blood. It's going to be stinky. We saw that from the definition in uh, Exodus just then about the river turning to blood around Pharaoh. And so it's going to be quite disgusting. And give me a second. And this is not partial damage. So it says, it became blood as, as, as of a dead man. And every living creature in the sea died. This is not partial damage, but total damage. Remember that the last judgments, the bold judgments, are God's full wrath, not his partial wrath. The previous judgments were not God's full wrath. So you have the three judgments. You get, you, you get the seal judgments, the tr- then the trumpet judgments, and then the bold judgments. We're talking about all three, and they each have seven components to them. We talked about the seal. We talked about the trumpets. Now we're talking about the bowls, and we're on the second bowl right now. And the bowl judgments to be differentiated from the seal and the trumpet, are full. They're God's full wrath, and there's full damage, not partial damage. Um, Then we get to verse 4, which is the third bowl. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. So here, this is the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers. The first one was on the earth, the second one was on the sea, this third one is on the rivers. And springs, so rivers and springs, so think fresh water. Uh, rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. So, the second um, bowl was on salt water, the seas, and this is on fresh water, the rivers and the springs. Think about this. If you haven't bathed in the blood of Christ to purify you, then you have blood on your hands, and he will remind you of the blood from your rejection by making blood abundant in the waters. Either you can choose to be covered by the blood of Jesus, the blood that he shed on the cross. And by the way, if you haven't thought about this, the greatest bloodshed in history is not World War One or World War Two or Vietnam War or the Korean War or any of those. It was the moment when Jesus died on his cross because he shed so much blood that it was sufficient to cover you. For you to be declared righteous if you accept him. That was the greatest bloodshed in history. And yes, greatest. It was huge. And the only one that could save and bring salvation. Not just to free a people or an oppressed people. Or to help a region or to help a country. It is universal. It is offered to every single person. Regardless of age. Regardless of background. Regardless of culture. Regardless of sex. Regardless of views regardless of anything he simply says if you confess to me your sins if you ask for my forgiveness if you ask me into your life then i will come into you and that's what god is offering and that's what he offered on the cross and he did it with his arms spread wide open and he still offers it to you today it doesn't matter how bad you have been um, if you could just think of the worst thing in your mind it doesn't matter because god will forgive you if you ask him now If you don't ask him, then it does matter. And just one sin, not to mention your thousands of sins, will keep you out of heaven.
But God is always there, no matter what you've done. He's always just one step away. Just turn around and meet him and greet him because he's ready to be there for you. And this third trumpet made the third part, uh, let's see, um, I'm sorry, the third trumpet made a third part of the inland waters bitter as wormwood. But this third bowl will turn all those bitter, uh, bitter waters into blood. So again, we kind of go back and see the earlier trumpets. There's a lot of parallels to them. And the third trumpet judgment uh, made inland waters bitter as wormwood, so they couldn't drink it. But now it's literally turned into blood, so there's no way they can drink it or bathe in it or do any of that stuff. Warren Wiersbe has a wonderful commentary on, on this, and I'm going to just read it word for word for what he said. In God's government, the punishment fits the crime. Pharaoh tried to drown the Jewish boy babies, but it was his own army that eventually drowned in the Red Sea. So he tried to drown and kill people with water. Instead, his own people were drowned and killed by water. Haman planned to hang Mordecai on the gallows and to exterminate the Jews, but instead he himself was hanged on the gallows and his family was exterminated. See Esther 7.10 and 9.10. King Saul refused to obey God and slay the Amalekites, so he was slain by and Amalekite. 2 Samuel 1. Unbelievers rejected Jesus and made him bleed on the cross. This is, this is my words now. Unbelievers rejected Jesus and made him bleed on the cross, so it's only fitting that they would be surrounded by blood and have to drink this blood as judgment. So, let me see where we are on time. I got off of my... Oops. Alright, looks like we are out of time today, so we will pick up in verse 5 for tomorrow. So remember, we had the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments. Now we're getting to the bowl judgments. You've got the tribulation seven years. The great tribulation is the second half of that, the three and a half year period. And things get really going right there. And that's why it's called the great tribulation, and it is the full wrath of God. And be careful asking the question, how could a loving God allow blank or allow this, right? The better question is, how could God love me so much that he'll forgive me for everything and give me access to heaven simply by asking for his forgiveness and asking in my life? That's the question you should be asking. And then it's an easy answer saying, yes, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Lord, I pray that all of us who have accepted you would take one more step towards you today. Tell one more person about you. Exhibit who you are more in our lives than we did previously. Love you. Trust you. Have greater patience like you have. And for those of us who don't know you, Lord, listen to this podcast. I just pray that you will penetrate their hearts, that they will open their hearts, open their eyes, open our arms and want to embrace you and understand that you are a true, just, and loving God, Lord. That you love them no matter what we've done against you. You will forgive us if we ask you. Help us to understand this concept and let it play out perfectly in our lives, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is, so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message 
this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.